0: I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter, and welcome to episode 167, in which I actually get some quilting done. And I am recording this on Sunday, October 26, 2014. Um, and I just want to say thank you for listening. Thank you to all of you who are tuning in for the first time, if you are doing so. And thank you for those of you who have been around for a while. I also did a, a, I had to update my iTunes, as they often do, and um, I decided to jump into the store and I did see there's a handful of new iTunes reviews, I think, um, since the last time I probably mentioned iTunes reviews, they were over the summer. And if you have been listening for a while, you know that I wasn't able to pay attention to a whole lot over the summer. So I want to say thank you to those of you who did leave new iTunes reviews. Um, Always appreciated by me and always appreciated by all the other podcasters. So thank you so much for that as well. I don't have any announcements this episode, surprisingly enough. Um, So it'll be Sandy update and then I've got a couple of book reviews. Um, Sandy Update, if you recall, I just posted my last episode on Wednesday evening, and I was talking about how much I was looking forward to having an unscheduled weekend this weekend, and how much I was going to get done. Um, Famous last words, Thursday morning, uh, my first day back in the office after my work trip, Um, and I'm looking forward to having Thursday and Friday in the office to catch up and take care of some deadline issues, and kind of take care of all the notes I had from my weekend meetings, etc. I get an email mid-morning asking if I might be available to pinch hit for a speaking engagement for this weekend, because the woman who was supposed to have done it came down with that virulent flu that's making its way around New England. I hope all of my New England listeners are staying healthy. I've heard several people from that area have it. Um, and i'm really hoping it doesn't work its way this way but apparently it's both a, a chest and digestive tract flu so she was down for the count and since um since the speaking engagement was only about a 2 hour drive from my house and it was leadership training which i've done enough times that i had stuff you know in my files that i could pull fairly quickly uh, i did say okay sure you know i will take care of that so um thursday afternoon And all morning Friday, then I was madly preparing for said speaking engagement because although I've done that kind of thing before um, and I was pulling up old PowerPoints I'd used for other um, events, I don't like to just pick something up and use it. I like to really contextualize it. So I thought through, you know, what information I had about what they had wanted to have happen this weekend um, and update it there. And I actually added a whole new segment because um, they wanted something that I hadn't done anything on yet. Um, although that one was interesting because it was um, something I've only recently started studying myself and had just, on Wednesday, finished a book on the topic. So I was joking with my supervisor about how fast can I synthesize information well enough to teach it to someone else. Um, So I I kept, you know, that part of the presentation was relatively limited, and I gave all sorts of disclaimers. You know, this is kind of new material to me too, but here's what I can share with you. And, And they seemed to really appreciate it. And and what I am good at, regardless of whether or not I know what I'm talking about, I'm really good at creating processes <laughs> for other people to, to think through and, and apply things in their own lives. So I just created a whole lot of process that they were able to use. Um, and so I was gone Friday. I left about mid-afternoon because um, my first segment was immediately following dinner that night. And then I got home Saturday around dinner time. I got home about half an hour later than I expected to because there was a huge traffic jam in um, downtown. You know, here I cruise home, no problem. I'm pretty tired, starting to get low on gas, thinking, boy, I really kind of want to go to the bathroom. But, you know, I've only got about another 20 minutes to go. I can make it. And then, bam, there I am in a traffic jam. (laughs) I was like, okay, this is not good. Uh, So I had to work my way on all these other side roads to get through um, and around the traffic jam, not convinced it was actually any faster, but it looked to me from where I was sitting, you know, right as I came up to the traffic jam, like that jam was going to, it was not going anywhere. I mean, it wasn't even stop and go. It was just a parking lot. And as far as I could see, it was a parking lot. So, you know, educated guests knowing where I was and what tended to be tangled up and how far away the um, accident that had caused the The uh, traffic jam was, I was just fortunately right at a place where I could kind of zip off that expressway and get onto um, this other smaller one, but I had to go through all these back roads to get there. Um, And meanwhile, I'm watching my gas get lower and lower and lower, and I'm not passing a single gas station. I'm like, really? There's no gas stations on the street? And then I get up onto the other kind of small expressway I was looking for, and all the gas stations were on the other side. So I'm just really pushing it at that point and also thinking not only do I want a gas station at this point, I'd really like to find one that looks like it has a clean bathroom too. (laughs) I never did. So I finally got, um, I was within five minutes of my home and decided I could not push the gas uh, station thing anymore because my car was starting to tell me I had two miles left on the tank, one mile left on the tank. And I was driving up to find a gas station the, you know, one near my house where I knew what, where it was. And I thought it would be just my luck for me to come up and find out it's closed today or it's out of business or something because I hadn't been at that gas station in a while. But fortunately, it was open. I was able to fill the the gas, um, the tank in my car, and then just drive as fast as I possibly could to get home. And I park my car in the garage. I go in the side door. And my husband's like, hi. And I'm like, I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> headed straight for the bathroom anyway, that's probably more information than you really needed to know, but it was just you know this trip that just went fine all the way through until the last fifteen minutes, which then ended up extending to about forty five by the time I got through all of that anyway the um yes, I had not expected to be out of town this weekend. Yes, I was a little bit cranky when I <laughs> first said because I you know yes, I could have said no, I'm not going to do it, but I would have left uh, well at the time I thought they had about fifty five sixty people registered for this event, I'm like, I can't do that to them. If I'm available, I should just do it. And it turned out it was a really, really good weekend. Um, Just a really super engaged. There turned out to be about 40 of them and all, but very, very engaged and very game. You know, everything I asked them to do, they did and they enjoyed it and they really entered into it. And um, we just had fun Now, I did have to say to them, I do speaking engagements all over the country, but I said there is something a little special about being with my New York peeps, you know, um, because these were all women from my state and a few even from my city, although we always joke about the fact that we, you know, this one woman and I live 10 minutes away from each other, but the only time we see each other is when we're out of state at our national events. Um, But just, it was a really solid weekend and I thoroughly enjoyed myself once I got there, which I knew I would. Um, That's the kind of thing I really love doing. So that was good, um, you know. If you if you have to unexpectedly do something, at least it's good that it's a good thing to do. So that was, you know, all of that was very positive. Um, but then I let myself sleep in this morning because by then I was fried. I had barely been able to recover from my Atlanta trip before I'm turning around and, and doing that again. But um, so this morning I gave myself a slow morning, and I finished watching um, the lessons in one Craftsy class that I was almost done with, and that's on roasting techniques, and I will be doing one of the techniques tonight for dinner, and then we'll be posting a review of that one on my blog. But man, I'll tell you, that's one of those classes that your mouth is watering the whole time you're watching every one of those lessons. It was, oh, it was a tasty one. Um, But then I actually began and finished a Craftsy class that I had actually just bought last week, I think um, Angela Walters dot to dot quilting class. I fast-tracked it. I, when I bought it, I hadn't intended to buy it. It was, I had put it on my wish list, but then I realized the UFO I wanted to finish this month, I thought would really lend itself to using designs from that class. So I went ahead and, and bought it and fast-tracked it, um, like I said, watched it straight through. The The lessons in that class are much shorter, so it was easy for me to watch all the way through the class this morning um, over my coffee and breakfast. And And I was right. I did get design inspiration for that UFO, um, and I will be reviewing the, the class on my blog this week as well. The, the UFO I'm working on right now, um, like I said, I hadn't really thought when I t- posted this last episode on Wednesday... Uh, I think I said something about I was looking forward to not really doing anything I felt obligated to do. And then as I was driving to the speaking engagement this weekend, I was just kind of thinking through, okay, what was what would I have been quilting this weekend <laughs> had I been home? And I realized, well, shoot, I do actually have a UFO I'd really like to get done. Um, if you recall, and I think I posted pictures on my blog when I finished piecing the top for this, it's the... The wall hanging I made using the Rapid Fire Hunter Star Ruler that I won in a giveaway from Nitty AJ of the Quilting Pot podcast. Um, I made the quilt top some time ago now. It was last, gosh, it had to have been last winter, I think. Um, I'd have to go back through my blog to remember, but it's, it's a lot longer ago than I really thought it was. And the reason I can sort of date it in my mind to that was because the reason and this is all the reason why it needs to be finished, I made it from scraps of the baby quilt I had made for my great-niece when she was born, which is all um, black, white, and red. And so when I decided, when I won the Rapid Fire Hunter Star, I thought, well, you know, it was some weekend, I didn't, or it was I was on vacation, I don't remember what the deal was, but I had a little bit of time, and I thought, well, it'd be fun to just kind of throw together a top and try out this ruler. And I tell you, the ruler works beautifully this top came together so quickly now it's it's a smallish quilt it's i'm looking at it now if i recall it measured up something like 33 by 33 inches square or something Um, because i at the time i was just wanting to test out the ruler and use up some scraps i had no particular use for it in mind um so i just made enough of a top that i could actually see that design in any second secondary design and then i put some borders on it um and I really love the way it turned out. I used, uh, the Hunter stars themselves are red and then everything else is black and white. And then the border has, is mostly black and white, but it's got some red highlights in it. It's just, it's a really cute piece. So I had it hanging on my, um, design wall as I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with this now that I'd created it. And I ended up, um, babysitting my great niece at one point. And, it, that while it was on my design wall. And she was only, gosh, three months at the time or two months. She was really, really little baby. And um, everybody else was gone. I was home alone with her and she started getting a little fussy. You know, we were down in the family room watching TV and she just started kind of squirming a little bit. She's always been a remarkably good baby, but she, you know, just was getting a little bit fussy. And so I picked her up and I was just kind of walking around with her and looking at different things. And I came up to my Quilt studio and I turned her towards the design wall, and she just immediately settled right down and stared. And I think I talked about this on the podcast at the time. Um, we all, you've probably read the studies that say when babies' eyes are developing, black, white, and red, or, or any high contrast really, but black and white and red are the the things that they can discern most. Well, she just loved this thing. She just kept staring at it, and she got really quiet. And very peaceful, and just stared at the thing. But as soon as I turned and started to walk away from it, she started getting a little squirmy and fussy again. I'm like, okay. I turned her back towards it, and she immediately calmed right down. (laughs) Like, by gum, they're right. (laughs) It really is what they like. So I remember pulling the thing off my wall and bringing it downstairs and draping it over the back of the couch, laying her on the the couch so she could just lay there and stare at it. And sure enough, she just settled right down and eventually kind of dropped back off to sleep so at that point I decided okay she chose this this is now her wall hanging and it works well since it's all the same fabrics from her baby quilt you know that'll be a nice thing and so my niece and her husband my nephew-in-law know that it was designated for her they just I they've probably even forgotten it exists at this point Um, because I couldn't really decide how I was going to quilt it and then it became um, a fairly low priority as I was getting some other things done well, her first birthday is coming up at the end of this month. Um we're having the party the weekend before Thanksgiving. So I decided, okay, that's my deadline. I always work better to a deadline. I'll get this thing done. And um so watching the dot to dot quilting class with Angela Walters on Craftsy, I was like, "Yes, that's absolutely what I'm going to be doing. On this quilt." So I immediately um this morning, I got it, I had a some yardage of some fabric I could use as a backing. I had a a piece of batting that was just the right size. So I did a quick spray-based of all of it. Yes, I opened a window. It was all very safe. I made sure the dogs were nowhere near me because I do it for small projects like that. I just do it in my sewing room because it's easiest and I've got big old windows so I can ventilate very well. Um, so I spray basted it. And then um, I actually, because I don't entirely trust my eye <laughs> and especially because... It would have been, the way I was doing this dot-to-dot quilting, it would have been easy to kind of get mixed up which line I was doing when. What I ended up doing was, um, I have some golden threads quilting paper, which is, it's on a roll, the, the stuff I have, that I inherited from my mother. And I've never actually used it, but I thought, you know what I can do is just roll that out over the top of this thing and sketch out a quilting pattern on it just to see what it looks like and how the pieces will all intersect. And so I did that. Um, just for, I only, the roll is wide enough to cover about half of the the piece top, so I only used one little piece and did half of it just so I could get a sense of how everything would work together, Um, but I'm not actually using that to quilt through. That was just for me to kind of test it out. What I'm doing while I'm quilting, um, well, the hunter star themselves, I quilted with a red thread, and I'm just doing essentially an, an echo quilt on the inner edge of it, Um, about a quarter inch in roughly, and I did eyeball that whole thing. And for the most part, it's pretty good um, because it's red thread. It it won't stand out that there's some places where my lines aren't exactly even, but it's pretty good. Uh, It is true that really when you're free motion quilting, the hardest thing to do is a straight line uh, because it's really obvious when it's not straight. That's the problem. And I decided to use my free motion foot rather than a walking foot because I didn't want to have to keep twisting and turning the quilt. I really wanted to just be able to go any direction in these lines. And I'm not doing huge long lines. If I'd done huge long lines, I would have used my walking foot. Uh, so the the red hunter stars are all done. And now I'm working on the black and white um, background part and chose dot to dot design. I mean, I just sketched one out um, similar to things she showed, but you, you shape it based on what your block looks like. Um, but I am sketching out at least on the black half, because that's the part where it's easier to see, I'm using a little bit of chalk and just quickly sketching out where I need to go. Um, because again, like I said, it's it's too easy when you're looking at it really close up to kind of forget, okay, where's my next line? You know, where am I aiming for now? Um, so I'm, I'm only, you know, it's a loose marking, I would say, because I'm freehanding it. I'm not measuring anything. I'm just eyeballing it, doing it out with chalk and then sitting down and doing it um, with gray thread, which is, you know, it's virtually impossible when you're trying to figure out what thread is going to blend in with both white and black. Um, Yeah, you go for gray, and it shows up on both, although I'm using a lighter gray, and it's an Aurifil 40 weight, no, I'm sorry, 50 weight, it's my piecing thread, Um, but that makes it pretty thin, so it's showing up more on the black than it is on the white, which might look a little weird when it's all done, but, you know, it's good enough. Um, and it is a relatively fast design for me to do, which will look nice when it's done, but its I'll have it done by the end of this afternoon, I'm sure. Um haven't decided what I'm doing in the borders yet. I don't have super wide borders, and they're not pieced. It's just strips of fabric, but the fabric itself is pretty busy, um, so I'm just kind of pondering that as I quilt the rest of it, and then if nothing has come to me by the time I'm done quilting the rest of it, I'm going to go back and kind of look through um, some of my quilting books and the class materials for her dot-to-dot class. She only really shows one. Well, she, got, she, she talks about how you can, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Adapt the design she uses in the blocks to use in borders. But none of those, the way my borders are on this quilt, it just wouldn't look right. She does show one specific border design that I might use, um, but I'm not sure it would work well with this particular border fabric. I feel like it would be kind of fighting with it a little bit. So that I'm still, my jury's still out on that. But if I can even get the rest of it quilted today, I will be thrilled because the borders won't take me all that long to do once I decide what I'm doing on them. So I have a really good shot at having this um, quilt done you know, at least by the end of next weekend, although here is the problem. I hesitate to say I have an unscheduled weekend next weekend. I'm starting to feel like that's, you know, tempting fate (laughs) for me to even say that. Um, Right now, unscheduled weekend next weekend, but shh, don't say that very loudly (laughs) because someone might hear. Um, Anyway, so I'm having a lot of fun with that. Again, I'm, I'm enough of a perfectionist myself. Now, now, when my lines aren't straight, it does bug me. And I know, you know, we're in this world now where we're supposed to be freewheeling and none of that's supposed to bother you. It's all supposed to look wonky and whimsical and modern and all that kind of thing. It does bug me a little bit when my lines aren't straight and everything's not evenly measured. Um, It's a personal thing. I'm not worried about quilt police. I don't care what anybody else thinks. It's just for me. Um, But I'm also not worried enough about it that I'm sweating it. You know, I'm just doing it. And I know my niece and her um, husband, my nephew-in-law, will love this project, and I know, you know, unless they look at it really close up, they certainly can see that things are wobbly, but it's not like they're going to stuff it in a closet because they're embarrassed to hang it on the wall or anything like that. I, I don't worry about any of that stuff. It's just, for me, I would like my lines to be straighter and a little more even, but not enough for me to sit here and try to mark everything out with rulers and all that kind of thing. I'm just, I am going with just the free hand. And for the most part, it's really pretty good. <laughs> I'm actually kind of happy with a lot of it. So that's my quilting that I'm actually getting done. And I'm really happy because I never know when I come back from speaking engagements, how flat out exhausted I'm going to be. And I am tired today. Um, but I'm feeling good. But that's why I decided to take a break halfway through and record this podcast. Cause I, I was starting to feel my shoulders tensing up a little bit. And, um, I had been quilting probably 45 minutes to an hour. Or so, um, when I thought, you know, let me stop, walk away from it for a little bit, record a podcast, maybe do something else and then come back and finish it up. Because if I keep pushing it right now, that is when I get stupid. So, <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm in a pause with the quilting, but I'm very, I'm pleased with the way it's going to be turning out, I think. Um, so that's, that's my Sandy update. Uh, I will, like I said, I I think I'm heading towards having three Craftsy class completions for October, which is more than I thought I might get done. And I think I might get a UFO done. So this is all very exciting for me. Um, So let's talk about book reviews. I I had already decided yet when I was thinking, could I really pull off a podcast on Sunday when I just did one on Wednesday, and now I've been gone again for a couple of days in the middle of that. Um, I had ordered two books off of Amazon, and they came right before I left out of town, so I took them with me, and while I was in my hotel room after my evening session was done on Friday... Um, they gave me a room to myself, which is very nice. Uh, that doesn't always happen when I'm out doing speaking engagements. It definitely happens more now than it used to. But anyway, I did have a room to myself. So um, when we were done with the session and I was done, you know, socializing and, and talking with folks, I got back to my room probably around 930-ish and so decided I would sit and read through these books. So um, I knew I would be able to at least do a book review today <laughs> if I got nothing else done. So the two books are Hand Dyeing Yarn and Fleeced by Gail Callahan and Shape by Shape Free Motion Quilting with Angela Walters, which I also bought knowing that I wanted to get this quilt done and thinking maybe there would be some design inspiration in there, Um, but I'll talk more about that book second. The first book, Hand Dyeing Yarn and Fleece by Gail Callahan um, has a subtitle, Dip Dyeing, Hand Painting, Tie Dyeing and Other Creative Techniques. I love this book. This is probably, once I start dyeing yarns, which I still haven't gotten to yet, Um, I have all the stuff to do it. I've been doing all sorts of research. I just haven't taken the time to be down in my studio to do it. Um, Actually, technically for this one, in my kitchen, because you need heat. Um, But I think this will probably become my go-to book for it. First of all, it's spiral bound. I love it when dyeing books are spiral bound, because then it's like a cookbook. You know, you need to open the thing and leave it open so you can read the recipes, you can read the instructions easily, and when it's perfect bound, which, you know, the other kind of binding, um, you can't hold it open. You're propping stuff on it to try to hold the pages open. I love it when they spiral bind, and I will almost pay a little bit more because it's spiral bound. Now, you can take books, if you don't know this, you can take books that you own to... um. I don't know if all places do it, but like a Staples or an Office Max, and they will actually bind it for you. They'll punch through a spiral binding for it um, for you on it. I have not done that with any of my books yet because I always look at my bookshelves and think about those spiral bindings getting all tangled up with each other. On- on my bookshelves. So I haven't done it with any of my quilting books, but I could see myself doing it with a couple of my dyeing books that are not spiral bound. I will say, dyeing books are more often spiral bound than quilting books. In any case, um, back to this one. This one starts out with the usual starting info about supplies and safety and setting up your dye area and all of that kind of stuff. I did find a couple of, um, you can hear me flipping open pages, that's that sound you're hearing. i did find a couple of helpful tips in the section about organizing yourself um, stuff that i hadn't read in other books so that was helpful um and then she talks about different types of fibers and what results you can expect from you know if you die use the same dye for these three different types of fibers here's the differences the variations now the only place i can say for me not being a knitter or a crocheter or something she often has two skeins of yarn right next to each other and says, look at the huge difference between these two. And I'm like, okay, well, I can see a difference. I wouldn't call it huge. (laughs) But maybe when you're actually knitting, because a lot of it also has to do with ply and all that kind of thing. So maybe when you're actually knitting, it would be a more noticeable difference. But from me just looking at a picture in a book, I'm like, actually, those are kind of similar. Um, But in any case, that's just my little thing. Uh, she then of course talks about preparing the fibers for dying. She has this interesting little part that again, I haven't seen in other dye books about, she calls them dying ups. So she says, if you've never died before and the idea of it makes you nervous, here's a couple of small things you can try first to kind of get yourself in the habit of it. Um, and I thought that was kind of a neat idea. You know, obviously I've been dying, so I'm not worried about that, but, um, I just thought that was a, a helpful addition to a book, uh, that I haven't seen in other places, um, she does give some color information and in ways that you might want to be aware of how colors might blend as you're dying. And then of course she goes through the dye techniques. And let me tell you, and I'll flip back to the table of contents here. Um, the techniques are hand paint method, multicolored, dipping for shades, dip and dye, multicolored, hand painting a silk cap. A silk cap is a particular type of, um, roving fiber that you get it in that form, Hand painting, a wool roving, an injection of color, dunking cones, basic immersion dyeing, half and half immersion dyeing, drip paint, immersion combo, basic tie dyeing, tie dye, drip dye combo, two-step immersion monochrome, three-step immersion multicolored. And then there was one she calls parking meter yarn, where she talks about using parking meters to spread your yarn and then dyeing it from there, which is kind of an interesting twist. Um, mozzarella style dyeing and knit dye unknit knit, which sounds to me like way too much work. So she talks about you knit a project up using the undyed yarn, and then you dye it while it's knit up, and then you take it all back apart and then you re knit it so so that the colors come out in different places. Um yes, I can see where that might be an interesting technique. For me it's like, no, way too much work. But then again, I'm not a knitter, so I'm not going to speak to that. Um, And then speaking of not a knitter, uh, chapter six is all patterns. Uh, She calls them show-off patterns that you can do with your hand-dyed yarns. And there's mittens and a baby sweater and a a baby cardigan and cap, a neck ruffle, leg warmers, a scarf, a man's hat, um, socks, and then she talks about swatching. Obviously, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to chapter six. Uh, but in any case, this is an excellent book, excellent resource if you are a fiber artist, if you are a dyer um, and haven't done a lot of dyeing of yarn or just looking for new techniques or new ideas for it or whatever. I really like this book a lot. Um, and I'm hoping this month that I will get down into my dye studio, although I'll, I'll have some cleaning to do when I get down there. Uh, the second book is Shape by Shape, Free Motion Quilting with Angela Walters. This is, I believe, her newest book. I had had it on my wish list for a while, but it kind of put off buying it. Um, and again, because I wanted to finish off this one UFO. And I have another one. I, If I can get them both done this month, I would love it. But they both need quilting um, that I thought this might be useful for. For some reason, I was thinking the Shape by Shape book was a similar concept to her dot to dot book. And it isn't really, I mean, to a degree it can be, but it's not so much. Um, But what the shape by shape book does, I I do think it's a nice resource to complement what she does in her craftsy classes, I guess. Um, In any case, what this one does is it goes by shape and it talks about different designs you could easily do in each shape. So like section one is she talks about quilt blocks and it's squares, triangles, circles, diamonds, and hexagons. And in the squares section, she does also include rectangles and she shows how one design will look different, you know, whether you're doing it square or doing it rectangle. Um, Section two is negative space and a whole lot of kind of overall designs or ways to break up the negative space. And then section three is borders, which is again what I'm going to be looking at when I come to the border of my um, current project. Uh, There's an index of the quilt designs in the front, which is helpful so that you can, if you remember later, oh, I I seem to remember there was a circle one that I really liked. You can just glance at that page and it tells you where that design is. Um, In the book itself, like when she does, for example, square one, uh, she has one design illustrated and then very good, um, like all of her books, I always like her step-by-step instructions. They are very easy to follow They've got arrows, they tell you first line here, second line here, third line here. and it really helps you kind of sort out how the design would work as you're quilting it. Then she gives a couple of variations on the design. As often as not, it's um, the variations involve just adding more lines, you know, breaking it up more frequently. but it's amazing what a difference it can make. Just by breaking up instead of only doing four lines, you're doing eight in a section, you know, that kind of thing. Um, also, the difference between doing a straight line versus a wavy line, that kind of thing. And then sometimes also how that same design would look if you used it in a different shape altogether. So she talks about... Did I say squares, triangles? Yes, I did. Squares, triangles, circles, diamonds, and hexagons. I'm sorry, I got distracted when I was looking at the index to make sure I had mentioned that all of those were in there. Um, So again, this is a very, very helpful book, It's going to be an excellent reference for me to a degree. I haven't taken out my other Angela Welters books to compare them side to side, which I might do while I'm sitting and watching TV tonight. But um, this one almost feels like it might be more helpful to me than some of the other ones were. So uh, this one is likely to be more close to me on my reference shelf. Maybe this is one I should get spiral bound. That might be useful because then I could lay it open on my cutting table. Uh, In any case, I do uh, recommend this one as well. If you are looking for inspiration for quilt designs, uh, this is excellent. And I don't feel like she really repeats from book to book. Other than the last book I reviewed, you remember me. I wasn't as keen on that one because I felt like I was mostly buying graph paper. Uh, and there was a fair amount of repetition of designs in that one because it wasn't a design book. It was more how to think through what designs you're going to use. Uh, but I have not noticed a lot of repetition of designs between her books where, you know, it's you don't feel like you're getting the same thing rehashed in this book. This one feels definitely new material. Um, some of the designs are designs I have seen before, but the way she incorporates them is, you know, it gives you a different way of looking at them. So I do also recommend this book, Shape by Shape, Free Motion Quilting with Angela Walters. Um, I am apparently fast. I think now I don't have quite as many Angela Walters books as I do. Melissa Ray Hawley, she's the other person I have a lot of her books. Um, but between the books and the Craftsy classes, I would say, yeah, I'm pretty much an Angela Walters fan at this point. Uh, the, the thing I noticed with her class... I'm trying to decide how much to say here versus how much I'll be reviewing in my blog. When you're watching her quilt in the Craftsy class, her lines aren't at all straight. You know, you're seeing all sorts of wonk going on. And she, you know, she's okay with that. And part of why you're seeing it is because she is specifically using a contrasting thread um, so that you can see what she's doing. And obviously, so everything stands out a lot more. Um, But that's where I'm trying to make myself relax about my straight lines. But, you know, again, it's not, I'm not feeling like anybody else would judge me. This is just my personal thing. I'm a straight line kind of girl. If I'm making a straight line, I want it to be straight. Uh, So that's something I'm going to be really kind of practicing a little bit more. I will say as I'm going along on this, on my UFO project, my straight lines are getting straighter. You know, you kind of get more in the habit, but you're still when you're using your free motion thing, you're sometimes going up and backwards and other times you're going kind of sideways or angled or diagonal. There's still, I have trouble with the ones where I'm going backwards because I can't see where I'm going. You know, you're kind of leaning over and ducking down and trying to see where, where's that dot I'm aiming for behind my quilt. I Could I turn it all around and go in a different direction? Yes, but I'm really trying to get in the habit of just always keeping the quilt in a single direction because it is faster And you're not getting as tangled up in your quilt as you're flipping it around and rotating it around the needle and everything. But um, it does, it just means I have to live with not just a little bit of imperfection, but a fair amount of imperfection. And that's just, that's not me. So (laughs) that's my one, my internal struggle, you know, epic battle. Uh, In any case, that's what I've gotten done this week. I'm very proud of how much I've gotten done today because I really was not expecting that much out of me. (laughs) today. Um, Anyway, so that's my two book reviews. I will put links to them on the uh, show notes to this episode. And again, you will be getting the actual official reviews of the Craftsy classes on my blog this week. And if I do get this, uh, whenever I get my UFO finished, of course, I'll be posting pictures of that on the blog. But right now, um, I'll probably post a work in progress picture with my Craftsy class review of the Dot-to-Dot because they're related, you know, so now you can see, hey, here's how I've actually used this information. Um, So now that I've finished the Dot-to-Dot quilting class, I'm I'm going back to, I had originally intended to be working on Ann Peterson's uh, continuous line quilting class. And now I'm going to be back to watching that one again. The lessons are longer, so it's not as easy for me to sit and blast through several of them the way I did with Angela Walter's book um, or class. I still, I have to watch more of the lessons and kind of look at the class materials a little bit more to decide. I I don't want to make the class project just because I don't want to take the time to make a project right now when I might better be able to use some of the designs on, on UFOs that I need to finish. So that's what I'm kind of watching right now to assess the designs that Ann Peterson and the techniques she teaches in that class to say Okay, is there are there any of my UFOs I could use to practice some of these? Would it be appropriate? So that's, that's just going to take me a little bit of time. So I'm not altogether positive whether I'll get that one done before I'm out of the country. I hope I can. Um, that would be nice. So that's kind of where all that stands. I don't have a whole lot of listener feedback, but let me pull it up um, and we can... Do a little bit, a little bit of talk back. Yep, there it is. I've got all of four comments (laughs) since last Wednesday. Um, The first is Noni really wants that recipe for chocolate hummus. So um, Terry, I believe you're the one that mentioned it. Uh, Send it along if you can get it, because you've got people who are really interested in being able to taste test it. Cotty also commented on my Craftsy Class Review Pictures to Pixel Quilts with Carol Sheridan, and she said she also has that class in her queue, and now she knows what to expect. Um, she really enjoyed my review. Happy to oblige, Cotty. Uh Terry did also comment on, I'm just making sure this isn't, oh, I didn't move this out. This is the one I did talk about, I think, uh, where she talks about the chocolate hummus. So I'm sorry, I've already... Talked about that comment, but thanks again for it, Terry. Um, and then Sherry commented on my thinking about it Thursday and Halloween project blog from Thursday. This just this past week, I posted what I did with my Gasleys fabric, and I think I talked about that in my podcast on Wednesday. And Sherry says, I adore the Gasleys. I have a small collection of it, too. I have not yet decided what to do with mine, but I'm probably leaning towards a quilt with matching shams. It's on my to-do list. It will be a while before I get to it, though. I like what you used yours for. Very clever. Um, Thank you, Sherry. And my daughter hasn't gotten it yet. It it got to her um, Saturday, I think, she said. Or maybe Friday afternoon. My... USPS tracking said it got to her Friday, but they're you know, it's a college campus mailroom, so they don't always send out the notifications right away. So I think she heard about it Saturday, but she was really busy all day Saturday with um her theme house putting on this haunted house. So I talked to her today and she still hadn't gotten it and she said, Well the mailroom's closed today and I'm like, I don't care, break in. I want you to <laughs> I want you to get your package. I haven't told her what it is yet, but um She was a guest that her mother would tell her to break into the mailroom, so she probably won't get it until tomorrow, so I'll let you know what she thinks when she gets it. That is all the comments for this episode. Um, This time I'm giving you a whole week. I'm not going to post another podcast episode until next Sunday, so you've got some time to actually talk to me, Um, and hopefully I'll have some blog posts up and the like. So, um, that is it for this episode. And so that you can talk to me, you know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter and Pinterest and Goodreads and Flickr and Craftsy, all of those places. I'm Sandy Quilts. Sandy with a Y, Quilts with a Z. You can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook, although admittedly, I've not been very active on Facebook recently. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, please do, because I do love seeing your pictures. I do see them, even if I don't comment on them. And you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team and do good all over the world. And you will find links for all of those things at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom.